You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to Locked On 76ers. I'm your host, Keith Pompey. Happy Monday to you. It's Monday, October the 7th. Got my man Mark Narducci around. What's up, Mark? How you doing, Keith? We uh we both saw some pretty interesting basketball in the Sixers inner squad scrimmage on Saturday. Exactly. And, and and we also, you know, made some pretty big observations. You know, one observation uh was well, not really it was a question about Elton Brand. We'll talk about that the first segment. It's like I asked Elton, I said, Are you happy with the way this Rosters constructed right now to win a championship, or do you need? Do you feel as though you need to go out and get a a veteran shooter off the bench to 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 help win a championship? And he said he's secure with that, but he will monitor it. So we'll talk about that. We'll just give our opinions on what we think, and then in the second segment, you know, he wasn't the headliner of the of the scrimmage blue-white scrimmage, but he was the most talked-about player at the end of it. And that's uh, Matisse Thibel. So we'll talk about him. And then in the third segment, there was a guy who really some people didn't expect him to do as well as he did, but he was one of the top five players at the end. And that person was Shake Milton. And Shake Milton is now in the battle for the backup point guard position. So, Mark, what what was your impressions in the first segment of what Elton said about, you know, they he feels like this roster, the way it's constructed, can still win a championship without a shoot, a sharpshooter off the bench? Well, first of all, we didn't expect him to say anything otherwise. Everyone around the 76ers has been talking championship. Uh, he did, in answer to your question in the press conference, said that he will monitor things, and I believe they will monitor very closely. Remember, Keith, in the summer, they made a real pitch for Kyle Korver, and Milwaukee, who appears to be their toughest competitor in the Eastern Conference, got him. That could be a significant get for the Bucks. So I, I think Elton is going to look at this team. He's going to see if the three-point shooting – the presumed three-point shooting deficiency is is something that has to be improved. And I think by the trade deadline, we could see a shooter coming to the Sixers. Exactly. And when, and when you think of it, I mean, not only Kyle Korver, they went out and worked out Joe Johnson. They were like the first team to work out Joe Johnson. And that's a guy you've been talking about yeah. for a while. Yeah. And right now, if you look at it, their shooter, their designated off-the-bench sharpshooter, it's Furkan Korkmaz, and nothing against Furkan, but he was a guy who the 76ers basically didn't pick up his option, right? They let him walk. They didn't pick up his third-year option. They let him walk. And then they realized that nothing. They didn't. there was nothing out there, and they had to bring him back. And when Elton Brand says monitor, you know, look at, look at China, for instance. You know, they're going to have guys going over to China. The season ends before the NBA season. Yeah. They'll keep it. They'll keep a track of certain guys. You know, there's guys like you talked about, Josh Smith. They'll keep tr- track of guys like that to see what they have and see how they're playing and see if they're a perfect fit for the Sixers squad. Because I personally believe that right now, off of what I saw two days ago, 
the Sixers need a shooter to come off that bench. Now, I believe that they're going to stagger stuff to where we'll see Tobias going up against second unit, playing with second unit players. I get all that. But at the same time, the 76ers need to acquire a veteran shooter, in my opinion, to win the championship. I, I, I won't disagree with that. And I think a guy like J.R. Smith, although he brings a lot of baggage, the, the guy can shoot. And he's, he's streaky and everything like that. So I, I think someone of that ilk may be someone that they, they will look at. And, but I, I don't believe that they are going to stand pat. I, like you, think that they need, that they need a shooter. I know they want to play pound, pounded inside ball and all that. But in the NBA, you have to play outside and inside, not not just inside. Yeah, so that's like the first segment right there. Like today, y'all, we're going to have a little quick one. Um, I know you guys, this is a busy day for y'all, so we're, we're trying to help you out a little bit. <laughs> but in the second segment, Mark, when we get right back, we're going to talk about Matisse Thibel. Mark, what stood out to you about Matisse Thibel in the uh, scrimmage? I think most all Keith was his mindset. Like he, he's a rookie, and he looked like he belonged from the very beginning. And not just on the defensive end. Now he didn't make all his shots, but especially in the beginning, he he certainly wasn't afraid to put them up. But the way he got in passing lanes, his intelligence. Ben Simmons told us after after the game that he he deflected like um, six six balls just in the first quarter, and Ben got a lot of laughs when someone asked him about him, and and he said, "Ah, oh, I hate him on defense because Thibel was guarding Simmons, and he was giving him a pretty hard time in that first half." Yeah, it's funny too. He was. He said he hated him, and you know you have Ben saying he wants to be the best defender on the team. You have Joel Embiid saying he wants to be the defensive rook. I mean, excuse me, defensive player of the year. Well, if Ben Simmons is the best player of the year and he knows Joel wants to be that, uh, you know, he wants to be the best defender on the team. And he knows Joel Embiid wants to be defensive player of the year. Well, then they both aspire to get that award. But I'm here to tell you, Matisse is the best defender <laughs> on the team. You know, he just is. He's the best defender on the team. And the one thing that I really like about him is that, you know, this is the age of AAU basketball. These guys come up. You know, they're always like superstars. They know they're going to be top draft picks. You know, so in other words, they, they're – I'm not saying that they don't hustle on D, but defense does not get you paid. is <laughs> making buckets. And you go around and you look at Zaire Smith. You know, at one particular time he was on the floor on the court. He gets up, he stalks down. I mean, stalks down um, Josh Richardson and blocks his three. You, know? you mean Thibel? Oh, not, the Thibel. Yeah. Oh, excuse me, Thibel. Yeah. You know, he gets yep. down there and he stalks down Richardson and blocks his three. So all I'm trying to say is that this guy gets it. He's a a, a blue collar type of guy. He's a solid role player. Now here's something else. When you look at that position, we talked about the Sixers need a sharpshooter, right? They also have a veteran squad. But Matisse is the type of player that does something once every day at practice. He does something to where Brett Brown says, I have to play him. This guy is going to make it a point for that. I'm going to have to keep him in a rotation. 
I mean, he's that type of player, man. I'm very impressed by him. Yeah, I mean, he's a rookie and he's come in. And uh, I, I just liked how he, he acted like he belonged on, on both ends of the court. And he's, he's, in my opinion, Keith, I don't know how many minutes, but he's going to be a regular rotation player on a team that's going to vie for a championship. And that's pretty darn good for a rookie. It's great for a rookie. Great for a rookie. I mean, great. <laughs> and when we get right back, we're going to talk about Mr. Milton. What were your impressions of Shake Milton? I thought he was maybe the second most impressive player after Thibault in, in that scrimmage. And, and the reason why, Keith, is he was shooting from the outside. He was hitting. I remember that great baseline drive when he went past Embiid, double pumped the reverse layup in. And that that was just a tremendous awareness, athletic ability. He's six foot five. He's certainly big enough to play the off guard. But Ben uh Brett Brown said to you afterwards in the in the interview session that he's being considered possibly for a point guard. Yeah, and, and you know, and I think a lot of that has to do with Brett wasn't satisfied, and again, I'm speaking. But when you mm-hmm. have, I'm, I'm, and this is my opinion, when you have two guys who are battling for the backup point guard position, and one guy shoots three for twelve and has eight points, the other one is three for four with eight points, but he's not making any stops on a defensive end, and it looks like you know he's slow and this and that. And then you see another guy, Shake Milton, who's doing the thing, doing his thing. Yeah, of course, to me, it's like if those two guys were playing well, Brett wouldn't say what he said. He was like, oh, you know, Shake's a young guy. We're happy that we have him. But the fact that these guys were not really struggling, but... Not distinguishing themselves. Not distinguishing themselves. Yeah. It, it kind of opens the door for him. And as Brett said, is he says, yes, you cove in there, and there's a preconceived notion. But, you know, you have to, he says, you guys are going to tell me. I see things, you know, this and that. So, you know, this is a great opportunity for Shake to, to come in here and, and, and do something. It, it is, but let, let's, uh, Brett also made it clear that, that um, uh, Burke and Neto were still kind of the leaders in the clubhouse. So, so Shake still has a lot of ground to make up, but the fact that we're talking about a guy that only appeared in 20 games last year for the Sixers uh, maybe shows uh, kind of the growth that he has, and, and he's certainly a better defender than the other two. There's no question about yeah, that. Yeah, he is, he is, and, and he had a, a better performance. The thing is, I would like to see, you know, Burke, I would like to see, I, I can't wait to see him play the, uh, on Tuesday against the Long Lions, the team from China. And here's my reason. He's known as a scorer. He was struggling to make buckets. So, you, know, you expect him to do better. Also, I felt like he was trying too hard to show them that he can run an offense. He wasn't fluid with it. He was really, like, thinking, overthinking, over dribbling. And so, I would like to see what he can do coming out in, in another two days. In, re, in regards to Neto, you know, he's a solid type of guy, but I want to see him, you know, if when opportunity knocks, you know, be a little bit more aggressive on the offensive yeah. end. 
You know, so that's the two things that I really would like to see. Well, the one thing I noticed about Burke was he dribbled way too much. And in the Sixers offense, that's a killer. They, you know, they, they they rely on ball movement and everything. What I liked about Neto is the, the, the pick and roll. He worked it well. But I'm with you. He has to show he has to be a little more aggressive yeah, offensively. He really does. Well look, Mark, I wanna thank you for joining. I wanna thank you all for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. Peace.